Hello, and thanks for joining us on the Christian Celebration Center podcast. Our prayer is that this audio will encourage you in Christ and challenge you from God's Word. Enjoy the message. Now, more than ever, and before I get into today's message, I just want to say that next Sunday, the Lord's put on my heart a message for our time together in those services about anxiety. It's something that all of us deal with at different times, and some deal with in huge ways. And so next Sunday morning, I'll be speaking a message about anxiety because I believe there's hope. And if there is someone you know who also struggles with anxiety, I invite you to invite them to be a part of our time together next week. I believe with all my heart that they will be encouraged. Well, would you please open up to Daniel chapter 9, and as you're opening up, please stand. Daniel is a book in the Old Testament. If you need to use your table of contents, there's no shame. I, I use that at times as well. So Daniel chapter 9, and I'm going to begin by just reading a few words from one verse as we launch into this text today. I'm going to begin by reading the first part of verse 4. The text reads, I prayed to the Lord my God. Lord, we are committing ourselves to you to be people of prayer. And Lord, our heart even right now is that we would glean from your word, that we would be encouraged, equipped, empowered, even for this week to see change happen in our lives, our community, our world, through prayer. In your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. The first few years that our family lived in Michigan, we had no idea how beautiful Michigan was. Uh, We had made it to the Tridge and saw the Titabawassee River, and we're like, maybe that's all there is in Michigan. Don't swim in that water, kids. And then we begin to hear stories of some of you who travel around, and we're like, wow, we should check this out. And so we began to venture out a little bit here, a little bit there, seeing beautiful Lake Michigan, seeing uh, several other lakes, because there are so many in Michigan. And we're like, this state is actually extremely beautiful. Very thankful to live in this state. And one summer, uh, after hearing about the UP, we decided to venture all the way across the bridge. And so we went across the bridge and made it up to Pictured Rocks, which was our destination. Have any of you ever been to the UP? Okay. That surprises me because when we went there, we saw hardly anybody. I mean, it was, I thought we were the only ones that even knew about it. Okay. All right. Well, we made it up to Pictured Rocks, and, and if you've been there, it's just breathtaking, stunningly beautiful. And uh, we, we found a trailhead, parked the, the van, and got out, and we began to hike on one of the paths. And I had read uh, after, that there was just some cool spots, and so we, we hiked for a while, and then we found some rocks, not those, but some other rocks that we could jump into the water. And man, that'll take your breath away, right? That's no hot tub, I'm telling you right now. 
get out, kind of dry off a little bit, continue on the path. And I had, I had read before that there was a waterfall that if we took this trail, eventually we'd get to a waterfall. I'm like, well, that's pretty cool. And so our, 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 our troops were getting a little tired, um, but, but I was like, all right, you guys just keep walking this direction. I'm going to run ahead. And, and then I'm going to see if I can find the waterfall, and then I'll come back and tell you how far it is. I don't know why I had extra energy. I think it's because I just got out of that cold water. And so I take off running, more of a jog on the path to try to find the waterfall. I didn't find it. I didn't jog very far. And I gave up. I come back to the troop, better check on them and see how they're doing. And I come back, and I find that they, they, they were sitting down. Like they weren't even walking. And the whole discussion while I was gone was about bears. And I, and I was like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm Eric, you know, he was whatever age he was at that time. And I was like, oh, I'm sure he can take care of things. The bear came. I mean, how, how hard can it be? And so I find out, though, that, that Eric had the ladies in the group scared because he, he said to his mom, he said, hey, I'm not scared about bears at all because I know I'm faster than you. <laughs> Well, we uh, continued on our path and we were able to make it back to our car. And uh, you all know if you've done hiking up there uh, on other trails that if you stay on the path, you're probably going to end up where you need to end up eventually. The path gets you where you need to go, gets you to your destination. And we have begun this year with 40 days of prayer. And now we are coming into this week starting in just a, a few hours, I believe at 4 o'clock is when we're starting this one week of 24-7 prayer. And it's, a, it's an opportunity for all of us, or an opportunity for all of us to ramp up, to ramp up our prayer. I know I've talked with some that this 40 days of prayer has been a time for you to be more consistent as you've started this year in your prayer life. We've heard of answers to prayer already. People are sharing testimonies. And as we go into this week, starting this afternoon, we want to ramp up our prayer. And so what I want to speak to you about from this text is a path of prayer. A path of prayer. I mean, have you ever found yourself unfocused during your prayer time? I'll be honest, there are times when I'm sitting out to pray and I fall asleep. And I wake up, you know, it's like, oh... What was I? Oh, I was praying. There are times when I have uh, begun to pray and I begin to get distracted. I mean, one thing to remember is that there's a very real enemy, Satan, who doesn't want us to pray to our God because he knows how powerful prayers are. And so uh, thoughts seem to come to your mind. You start remembering everything that you've forgotten for the last 10 years when you start to pray. Right? So I try to write those down, forget, okay, move on. Sometimes I got so distracted, it's like 20 minutes later, and I'm thinking about who knows what, the game I watched last night. I'm thinking about this, what I'm going to have for dinner, all these. I'm like, wait, 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 I'm supposed to be praying. I think for all of us at times, we struggle with being focused in our prayer. And if we're not focused, we're probably not very fruitful in our prayer. And so in this message, my prayer is that we will have a path of prayer. A path that uh, as we engage with prayer this week, maybe it's uh, on a Monday or a Wednesday or Friday, you've signed up for an hour, are going to sign up for an hour of prayer. What could be a path of prayer that you could take? It's not the only path of prayer, but a path of prayer. Now there are many powerful prayers recorded in Scripture. But this prayer in Daniel chapter 9 has really caught my attention It's a a timely prayer. You're going to see it was an effective prayer, but I believe also it was a model prayer for us, even as we head into this week. 
We find it in Daniel chapter 9. But what's interesting about this prayer is that he did not begin the path of prayer with prayer. He actually began his path of prayer with a realization, with a light bulb moment, with, with an awareness that's, wait, 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 what's going on here? There's something I need to pray about. We see this beginning in verse 1 of chapter 9. It says, in the first year of Darius, in the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, perceived in the books the number of years that according to the word of the Lord to Jeremiah the prophet must pass before the end of the desolations of Jerusalem, namely 70 years. Now, let me unpack that just for a moment. This was 539 B.C., The Israelites, because of the rebellion against God, had been uh, pillaged. Uh, Many of them had been killed. Many of them had been taken captive to Babylon as prisoners. And as Daniel is in the word of God, he discovers something. It's like like he has his, his Bible in one hand and his ancient calculator in the other. And he's putting it all together and he has this realization that there is a significant moment that is coming. Because according to Jeremiah the prophet, as he, as he discerned from reading the Old Testament, he saw that, hey, this was prophesied that, that we're going to be here for 70 years. And in 539 B.C., it was roughly year 69. And Isaiah is reading the scroll, or, or Daniel's reading the scrolls. And he, and he discovers, he's like, whoa, doing the calculations, like, We're in year 69, that means in one year, according to the prophecies, rescue is coming for our people. I want you to think about this for a moment. As you are in the Word, even as we begin 2024, as you're studying God's Word and you're meditating on God's Word, are you perceiving, are you sensing, are you discerning that a significant event is right around the corner? And I'm thinking specifically right here just for a moment about the return of our Jesus for his church. I mean, Jesus himself said in Matthew 24 that, that here's some things that are going to be happening right before I come back. Nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. We're seeing that, right? There will be famines and earthquakes. There are going to be natural disasters. We're seeing that. Persecution is going to be on the rise. It is. There will be a great falling away. People that once served God are not. Jesus went on to say that uh, there will be an increase of lawlessness and the love of many will grow cold. An increase of lawlessness. Uh, In my words, that, that would be something like this. There would be a time when people set aside the word of God and they begin to make up their own definitions of what is right and what is wrong. And that's happening. And then Jesus said this. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. And we are seeing the gospel go out. Missionaries, I would say we have more missionaries in more countries than ever before. We are seeing uh, the, uh, God redeem technology. So the gospel is going to the nations I believe, and you probably sense this as well as you're in the Word and in your in prayer times, that, that Jesus Christ could come back at any moment. It's a significant moment that's just, I believe, around the corner. And think about your own life for a moment. Aren't there uh, most likely some significant things that you're dealing with right now? 
just some, some crossroads maybe, 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 maybe a crucial point in your marriage. Maybe your kids, whether they're in the home or they're adults, they're needing to make some, some very important decisions. Maybe there's a, a health issue and you're trying to figure out which direction to go. Just dealing with significant moments. I want you to understand that what Daniel did when he saw that there was a significant moment coming, a crucial moment coming, that rescue was coming for his people and his people were not spiritually ready. In that moment, what he did is he stopped everything and began to pray. Verse 3 says this, Then I turned my face to the Lord God, Seeking him by prayer and pleas for mercy with fasting and sackcloth and ashes. He set his attention fully on God. Here's all this chaos around him, all these things happening, but he's sensing, man, something is coming, something's coming. And he set his attention on God in prayer. How many know someone who, if they are on their phone or they're watching a movie or maybe playing a video game, like you cannot get their attention? Like you could, you could put a bucket of cold water over their head and they'd still be like right there. Like they're so glued in, so dialed in that nothing will distract them. And that's the picture of Daniel in prayer. It didn't matter what was that. He's like, I'm stopping everything. This was an intentional stoppage of all distractions, of all tasks. And he's like, no, 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 I'm going to pray. It reminds me of when he was uh, a little bit younger in life. You remember he was at his home praying and there were people who were actually spying on him and watching him and he just kept praying. There, there, there was a time when people were, were watching him so that if he continued to pray to God, the one true God, Jehovah God, that they, they were going to try to get him thrown into the lion's den so he could potentially die for praying, and yet he still continued to pray while he was dialed in. It's the picture of, of someone playing that video game, and it doesn't matter what anybody says or does. Supper's ready, no, 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 your favorite meal's ready, doesn't matter. Like, you are dialed in. That's Daniel in prayer. <sighs> Good in to the task before him. And I tell you what, in our day and age, being glued in in prayer, dialed in in prayer for a, a significant amount of time, that's easier said than done, right? That's not easy at all, most likely for any of us. So many distractions, so much entertainment options, so many things to do. If you have an iPhone, you know that you can go to your, your settings and, and you can look at your screen time for the day and for the week. Wow, that can be a wake-up call. You can see how many times you picked up your phone and looked at it. It records that. Some of us don't even want to look, right? I've read that the average American watches five to six hours of TV or online videos every single day. The average millennial is on her phone four hours every day. That adds up to almost a decade of a person's life. A decade of a person's life. And what Daniel did in that moment is he's like, you know what? I'm going to set aside some distractions for my prayer time so that I can be focused and fruitful. I believe in order to be fruitful in prayer, we need to be focused in prayer. 
And that often requires having a time and a place, time and a place to set aside, a time and a place in order to spend time with God. I like praying in my car. I like praying if I'm on a jog. I like praying different times. Let's have these conversations with God. But there is something powerful that we all need in our lives as believers, and that is set aside time when we're not doing something else. I'm not on that jog. I'm not driving and, 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 and making sure I'm putting my turn signal on and all that. No, no, no. I am focused and zeroed in because for prayer to be fruitful, I believe it needs to be focused. Focused and fruitful prayer. Now, Daniel comes to this place where he, he begins to seek the Lord by, by prayer and, and fasting. And I'm not going to preach on fasting right now, but I'll just make a side note uh, for you about fasting. Fasting is, is, you know, it's laying aside something, and it's, it's basically helping us to reorder our desires so that we can move from seeking what we want to seeking what God wants. It's setting aside something, and our, our desires get reordered in those moments so that our heart is set fully on the Lord. And Daniel was in this moment. He was in this setting where he was praying, and you could say even he was getting ready to step onto a path of prayer. And so now, would you embark with me as we step onto this path together with Daniel to see how did he travel this path, and what are some things that we can glean for our path of prayer even this week? The first step that he took that I see in this passage is that he started with humility. His first step was to start with humility. He acknowledged who God is, acknowledged his greatness, his lordship, his authority, his power, his position. Specifically, as Daniel prayed to the Lord as God and made confession, he said this, O Lord, the great and awesome God who keeps covenant and steadfast love with those who love him and keep his commandments. O Lord, the great and awesome God, the covenant keeper. He is acknowledging who God is. And if you are uh, someone who hasn't yet come to faith in Jesus you're still checking out the claims of Christ, or maybe you're a new believer. I just want to just, just boil it down. Prayer is talking with God. Prayer is talking. It's not being fancy. You don't have to be long-winded. Prayer is it's just it's having conversation with God. It's talking with God. But we all need to remember the one to whom we're talking, the one to whom we are speaking. Because he is the one who, who, who spoke to non-existent things and they become existent. He's the one who speaks to things that are not as though they are and they always obey. He's the one who is so holy that he once drowned every wicked person on planet earth, saving only eight people who still would worship him. He's the God who was on the throne, is on the throne, will be on the throne on the final judgment day. He's the judge, the savior. He's our Lord. He is almighty. He is the God who made everything good exist. I mean, he's, he's the God who, 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 who formed the architecture of our minds, who set up the laws that govern our earth. He is the one who came in the flesh and made his dwelling among us. That's the one we are praying to. And as we enter into the presence of the Lord in a time of prayer, a great way to start is to start with humility. Acknowledging who he is, a.k.a. worship, a.k.a. praise. Acknowledge who he is. Number two, we see this in Daniel's prayer path. 
lose the excuses. Lose the excuses. How many of you are, are business owners? Can you just lift up a hand? How many of you are managers of some sort? How many of you are parents? Okay, if you are in a, a leadership role, people report to you. Isn't it refreshing after they make mistakes because everybody makes mistakes? Isn't it refreshing though when they come to you and own it? Right? If you're in a leadership role, you know what I'm talking about. When they come to you and say, you know what, I messed up, no excuses here, just apologies. Just, I'm sorry, like I, I, I own it. I dropped the ball. It is refreshing, and it's refreshing to God when we lose our excuses. And that's what Daniel did. Check this out in verse 5. He says to the Lord in his time of prayer, we have sinned and done wrong and acted wickedly and rebelled, turning aside from your commandments and rules. We have not listened to your servants, the prophets, who spoke in your name to our kings, our princes, and our fathers, and to all the people of the land. To you, O Lord, belongs righteousness, but to us belongs open shame. Now, understand, Daniel was a righteous man. He might have been the most righteous man in that whole region of the world at that time. He was a righteous man. But check this out. He uses the words in this prayer, the words we and us 18 times and uses the word our or ours another 16 times. This was a man in his prayer time who was making no excuses. He wasn't pointing fingers at other people. He wasn't saying they have done so much wrong. He's saying we have done so much wrong. He wasn't pointing fingers at them and saying, they are the worst. He said, no, 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 we are. We have acted wickedly. In Daniel's prayer path, he made no excuses for what his people had done. He made no excuses for his part in it. Because the reality is that every single one of us here have listened to the lies of the serpent. Every single one of us. And Daniel includes himself in that, knowing that he himself, apart from God's grace and forgiveness, was guilty. He didn't offer up any excuses. He didn't try to justify his behavior before God or the behavior of his people. He wasn't like, God, I'm really sorry for the things that I've done, but you know that in the culture we're living in, it's really hard. God, I'm sorry for what I've done, but you know how technology has made things so difficult. God, I'm, I'm really sorry, but... but there are hypocrites in the church. I know who they are. God, I'm really sorry, but my coworkers, my fellow, my fellow students, they're pulling me down. Do you see what I'm saying? Daniel didn't do any of that in his prayer path. He lost all excuses. He didn't bring them before the Lord. He just owned, owned, not just what he had done, but owned what his family, his community, and his nation had done. And he brings this prayer before the Lord, and it's we, it's ours, it's us. Lord, I'm sorry. To us belongs shame because of what we have done. It's so easy in our prayer times to be thinking like, yes, and, and, and as a believer, you're right with God. I get that. But it's easy to be like, God, save them. They're horrible. God, help them. They've made, they made such bad choices. God, I can't believe how much my, my dad or my mom has just messed things up. And Daniel's like, oh, okay, yeah, we've all messed up. Lord, save us. Forgive us, for we 
have sinned against you. A great part of, of a prayer path, an hour of prayer, if you will, is to take time to lose the excuses, to own it, of our contribution to the plight of our world, and to confess before the Lord, confess before the Lord any of our contributions to the way things are, the way things are in our life, our family, our community. Lose the excuses. I love that. Start with humility, lose the excuses. And when we lose the excuses, it helps us to reflect on the powerful sacrifice of Jesus Christ. Because when we're losing our excuses, then we're recognizing that we deserve judgment and punishment, but Jesus came. Jesus came to save sinners. Jesus came to save sinners. That includes you, and that includes me. Lose the excuses. Number three, boldly cry for help. Boldly cry for help. I'm sure many of us in this place have fallen off of a chair before. I actually fell through a chair once. I don't recommend it. Uh, we've always been the family that uh, we're okay playing baseball and basketball inside the house. And one day I was playing catch with my son. He was um, pretty young at that time. We're playing baseball in the kitchen. I'm not saying it's a great place to play baseball. But we're playing catch in the kitchen. And, and he threw one and it, it just it sailed, went high, and it landed on top of the cupboards in the kitchen. And so I'm like, well, I'll get that. And so I'm pretty much dad of the year. I'll get it. So um, I'm joking about that. So I, I, I was thinking so highly of myself. I get, I get the, the dining room chair, put it up there, and then I stand out there and I'm like, ooh. And I reach it. And then there was something else up there. I don't know. It was some, some, some Nerf darts that were up there too because we, we kind of shoot each other as well. And so I'm reaching up there and getting on my tippy toes. And this wooden dining room chair, all of a sudden it implodes. Uh, the inside of the chair implodes, the base of it, except for the, the, the border of it. Just, and so with my full winter weight, I <laughs> rode down the, the wood of that chair on my shin. Just, and I landed on the floor, and I think I was starting to pass out. It hurts. I'll, I'll be honest. I didn't cry. But I hurt so bad, and, and, and okay, I'm, if you get grossed out, just close your ears, but for others, it might catch your attention. I looked over, and there was, there was a clump of my hair and skin right there. Yeah, let's rewind that. We maybe won't put that online. Um, and I'm just like, Ugh. and I, I knew in that moment I needed help. My son, like, ran and gets, Mommy, Dad is, what was it? Lying in a pool of blood. Okay. <laughs> Those moments, those moments when you fall and you can't get up, right? Those moments, we've all had them. Daniel teaches us about a path of prayer. He boldly cries out for help. He knows he needs it. He knows his people need it like crazy. Verse 17, he says, Now therefore, O our God, listen to the prayer of your servant and to his pleas for mercy. And for your own sake, O Lord, make your face to shine upon your sanctuary, which is desolate. Oh, my God, incline your ear and hear. Do you hear him? He's just crying out for help. Open your eyes, God. See our desolations in the city that is called by your name. For we do not present our pleas before you because of our righteousness, but because of your great mercy. 
Daniel in this prayer time is, is calling out to God. He's crying out to God for help, for mercy. God, save us. Make your face shine upon us again. Would you notice us? Would you lean your ear toward us again? God, we need help. We have fallen and we can't get up. You ever been there and the anxiety is just too much? The depression is just too dark? The sin struggle is just too hard? The pressure is too heavy? You've fallen and you can't get up. And Daniel, when he was there laying on the ground in that time of prayer, he's like, God, we need help. We can't do this on our own. Would you notice us? Would you lean toward us? God, we've fallen and we can't get up. I'm going to challenge you as you are going into a path of prayer. It might even be an hour of prayer this week that, that you would boldly cry out for help. That's, that's when we bring our needs to the Lord, right? That's when we call to God for ourselves, for our families, for our community, and for our nation. And we all have a whole list of things that we are praying about or need to be praying about. We all do. And God invites us to come to him. He actually opens up the throne room of his grace so that we can come in, enter in, and call out to the God of the universe. Isn't that amazing that we as humans can call to the God of the universe to receive mercy and to find grace in our time of need? And Daniel grabbed hold of that reality and he pressed in and he boldly called out for mercy. He boldly cried out to God for help because he knew he needed it. If you're spending time in prayer this week, don't be ashamed to ask God for help. He already knows you need it. It's good for us to take that step and to admit it. God, we need you. We need you. Our families need you. We've fallen we can't get up on our own. If we would have been able to, we would have done it. We need you, God, to move. The fourth key that I see in this passage on Daniel's prayer path is this. Seek God's benefits. Seek God's benefits. So we're, we're boldly crying out for help, but as we're, as we're praying, we're seeking God's benefit. Most of the time when we pray, we're seeking our own benefit. Lord, help me because it'll make me uh, not feel uh, pain. Help me because it will uh, shield me from this problem. And those are not bad prayers. Let's pray them. That's part of prayer. But I just notice as I read Daniel's prayer that his prayer was about seeking God's benefit before his own. In verse, in verse 17, first of all, and then 19, he says, God, listen to the prayer of your servant and to his pleas for mercy, and for your own sake. O Lord, pay attention and act. Delay not for your own sake, O my God, because your city and your people are called by your name. And I love that Daniel has such an accurate view of God. Back in 539 B.C., that when he prays, he's not first and foremost praying for his own benefit. He's praying for God's benefit. Because he recognized that it's actually all about God. It's not about me. It's not about you. It's actually all about him. Our time on this earth is a poop, is a little drop. It's all about him. It's about his will being done on earth just as it is in heaven. It's about his kingdom advancing and being accomplished and growing on earth just as it is in heaven. That, that's who it's all about. It's all about him. And Daniel, as he's praying, he's seeking God, he's saying, Lord, first and foremost, I pray that what happens will be done for your benefit. Lord, I pray that what happens, that you will do it for your own sake. 
so that you would receive more glory, so that you would receive more worship, so that the lost will be saved, so that heaven will be full. Lord, I pray for your name to be proclaimed. And as you're praying this week, I challenge you, pray for your needs, but but try to put this, this principle into your prayer. Lord, it's for your sake. Lord, I pray for my kids so that they will know you. Lord, I pray that you would do this miracle in my life so that I will have another testimony. God, I pray that you would, you would accomplish this and, and help me to receive more of you so that I can honor you more and know you more. For his sake, so that God gets glory. I believe those types of prayers please the Lord because it reveals something. We're getting it. We're not on the throne. He is. God, it's all about you. Seek God's benefits. And then we get to the final part of this prayer path that I'm sharing with you today. And it's this, ask in faith. As you're spending time in prayer this week, ask in faith. I, I, I think this is the fun part. I think this is exhilarating when you're in a faith journey. And you don't know exactly how things are going to turn out, but you're trusting God. It's faith. It's not always easy. But there is a fun factor to this because you're like, God, I don't know what's up your sovereign sleeve, but I'm going to trust you. I believe you're at work. I believe you're going to do something that I can't do. I believe that you're going to do something that's going to blow my socks off because you're God. Ask in faith. Hebrews 11 says faith is the assurance of things hoped for and the conviction of things not seen. It's being sure that God is God and you are certain of it. You're certain that he will answer according to his will. You're asking in faith. Faith is believing that God has the ability to do what we can't do. Maybe you've heard of George Mueller from the 1800s. I've read that along with pastoring the same church for 66 years, he also cared for 10,024 orphans. While doing so, he established 117 schools for their education in England. He raised throughout the years a lot of money. Actually, in today's dollars, they say it would be about $150 million that he raised. Now, that's amazing. But what's even more amazing is that George Mueller never asked for a penny. He never went to another church and said, would you please help us? Not one time. He turned all of his needs into prayers. If they needed a pipe fixed at the orphanage, he would pray for a plumber. If they needed food, instead of going out and begging or asking for it, which is not bad to ask for food, he would just pray. They say that there are close to 30,000 specific prayers that he had journaled that were answered. <laughs> he was a man of faith. He believed that God was God and that God has every resource needed. And so he turned every need into a prayer and he saw over 30,000 times, God come through. Ask in faith. When you're praying big things this week, ask in faith. Ask in faith. Ask in faith. You can even ask in faith with a smile on your face because you know something. He's listening. 
He hears you, and he has promised to answer according to his will. For the record, the prayer of a righteous person, a person right standing with God, is both powerful and effective. Interestingly, in that text of James chapter 5, verse 16, the text is very clear about being a righteous person. What What I'm bringing up is this. It was singular in the original text. It didn't say the church that prays. You're going to see power and effectiveness. And that is true, and we see that elsewhere in Scripture. But in that particular passage, it was singular, a person who is in right standing with God. A, one person, one person who is in right standing with God can pray, and it will be powerful and effective. One person. We see that throughout Scripture. Twice, God was ready to wipe out the Jewish nation because of their wickedness until one person prayed. There was an occasion where there was famine and drought about ready to take out the people until one person prayed. Not two, one person prayed. The time when the armies of Israel were about ready to be defeated until one person prayed. There was one time when there were 185,000 enemy troops surrounding the city. 185,000 troops. And guess what? One person prayed. Not two, not five, not 500. One person prayed and God took care of business. What if you are that one person in your family? The one person in that marriage. The one person in this church, in this community, who says, you know what, I'm going to start asking in faith. Because I believe the prayer of a a person right staying with God is both powerful and effective. If you don't believe me, ask Daniel. Look at this, verse 20. Daniel writes, while I was speaking and praying, confessing my sin and the sin of my people Israel, and presenting my plea before the Lord my God. Look at this. Right during his prayer, right as he's praying, all of a sudden, God sends a message to him in a very unique way. And here's what it is. At the beginning of your pleas for mercy, a word went out. And I have come to tell it to you, for you are greatly loved. Did you catch that? God heard and answered Daniel's prayer as soon as he prayed. It's the picture of this. Daniel gets on his knees and he begins to call out to God. And God immediately even knows what he's going to say and sends the answer. It's on its way. And when Daniel finishes his prayer, even at the, just at the tail end of his prayer, God shows up in a unique way to give him the answer, to give him the message, to give him the, the response that he was praying about. I want you to know that when you pray according to God's will, God has promised to answer according to his will, according to what he wants to do in that moment, what he needs to do in that moment, what he's chosen to do in that moment. And it is almost like as you are praying this week, God's already sending the answer and you're like, well, well oh, can I receive it at the same time as Daniel? Well, that, that's up to God. It might be several years later, but that doesn't mean the answer is not on the way. God always answers, and you receive that at the right time, every single time, bank on it. Because God sees and knows everything. He doesn't just hear and answer prayers. He wants to. Isn't that awesome? Our loving Father wants to hear our prayers, and he wants to answer them according to his will. And so my challenge to all of us today is let's step onto the path of prayer. This week, ramped up another level, another notch, and saying, you know what? I'm going to seek God. I'm going I'm to start with humility. I'm going to lose my excuses. I'm going to boldly call out for help. I'm going to seek God's benefits before my own, and I'm going to ask in faith, maybe even with a smile on my face, because I know something. 
He's listening, and he will answer according to his will. One of the things that we are doing, you've been hearing about the last few weeks, is um, setting this up so that we can all uh, sign up uh, during this 24-7 prayer week. And uh, we actually, because this church is amazing, all um, of the hour slots for an entire week, 24-7, there's what, 168 hours, all of them have at least one person who has said, I will pray in that hour. Isn't that awesome? That is awesome. And I'm so thankful for so many who have already signed up. But here's the thing. This is an opportunity for everyone who says, CCC is my church home, it's my church family, my church community. It's for every single one of us to sign up. And you're like, well, Pastor Keith, I'm going to pray this week. I'm even going to step onto that path of prayer that Daniel did. Uh, Why do I have to sign up? You don't have to sign up. You don't have to even be here today. You don't have to sign up. But hear your pastor for a moment. I believe that there are moments in the life of a church where it is healthy and important for the whole church to come together and to do the same thing. For us as the body of Christ, no matter the generation, no, no matter how long we've been serving Jesus, like we're coming together, we're engaged, we're moving together in the same direction. I believe it's very healthy. I believe it's very important. So I'm asking Every single person who is here, teenager, adult, every single person that's here who um, has not yet signed up and you're saying, this is my church, this is my church. I'm asking you this afternoon or even right now, sign up. Sign up for at least one hour. You're probably going to be praying an hour anyway. Sign up. Why? Because I believe God is calling our church to prayer. And I believe he calls us to unity. And this is a way where we can all come together and see God do crazy awesome things in and through us. How do you sign up? QR code. And if you prefer, you could just, um, on your computer, if you wanted to go to cccmidland.com slash 247 prayer. You can do that this afternoon or even right now. I encourage you. Uh, whatever you need to do as the worship team comes, whatever you need to do to remind yourself if you're not doing it right now, if you need to, uh, you know, Make a note if you need to uh, rip off a part of your sock and then wrap it around your finger. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of joking about that. But, but don't, don't forget, we all forget stuff. This is something I ask you, don't forget this. Let's all get signed up for at least one hour this week where we're going to pray. We're going to seek the Lord. And you know that as you're praying this week, there are hundreds of other people who are also seeking the Lord and praying as we engage with 24-7 prayer. Would you please stand? The worship team is going to lead us in a song we sang just a few minutes ago. It's called Trust in God. And uh, this message has been all about this. We're seeking the Lord. He hears us and he answers according to his will. And so as they lead us in the song, I just pray that this will get into your spirit, that this will even be a prayer of faith that you pray as you head into this week of prayer. No, no, no. I seek the Lord. I know he hears and I know he'll answer according to his will. May this build your faith. And then I want to come up and I just want to pray over you as we head into this week. Worship team, would you lead us? Thank you for listening. You know, we believe God has something amazing in store for you today. And now is the perfect time to take a few moments and pray about what you just heard. If this message spoke to you, we would love to hear about it. Send us an email to office at cccmidland.com or connect with us on your favorite social media at cccmidland.com.